you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Hey, today, uh, it may get a little rowdy in here. We have some visitors with us, uh, and, uh, and so today... Their attention span is about the same as mine, and so I want you to know that they are welcome here. We love the littles. They are, whether you recognize it or not, the little snotty one in front of you is the future of our church, and so we care about those little kids, and we want to see the Spirit of God on them, and uh, when we take communion together and we worship together, it's important for them to see us worship, and it's important for, for us to, to watch some of them teach us how to worship. I remember one of my favorite, uh, uh, he's now a pastor in California, my friend Raphael, his dad, uh, wonderful man of God, older man, uh, told me how he got saved and his salvation story is actually his granddaughter just constantly inviting him to church and saying, Grandpa, why don't you come? And he said, you know, I'll come one day. That little girl took that promise and ran with it. And she called him out so many times and said, Grandpa, you promised me. He started coming to church, and he, got, he, he received Jesus as a Savior, baptized, and he's an elder in their church out there now. And so I just think, man, those little ones that are thing. And uh, cool, we're going to get into this thing here. Uh, communion later today, and then water baptism after that. Uh, this sermon series on the book of Daniel, we're going to cover a lot of things, but when we started this end times discussion uh, there's several things that we need to know on how we operate in the last days. And so as culture is going crazy, first of all, we want you to know, week one, that whatever we do, we have to lead with grace and with truth. We have to figure out how to be truthful without compromise and, and full of grace um, with, with, without wavering. Last week, we talked about Daniel and how culture is shifting under our feet, and uh, everything is getting uh, darker and darker and moving faster and faster, and the Lord is moving, and we just wanted to empower you with some scripture on how to operate in, in this kind of culture. This week, uh, I, if I could title this sermon today, it would be called Spirit Power, and we're going to jump into um, Daniel chapter 2 as we learn about King Nebuchadnezzar's, the start of his salvation. And uh, it was a big process in his life, and uh, it's going to start us off there in Daniel chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and I'm going to read that dream to you. Can we read it together? Y'all stand to your feet for the reading of God's Word. Daniel chapter 2, verse 31. In In your vision, your majesty, you saw standing before you a huge, shiny statue of a man. It was frightening sight. The head of the statue was made of fine gold, and its chest and arms were silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze, and its legs were iron. And its feet were a combination of iron and baked clay. And as you watched, a rock was cut from a mountain, but not by human hands. It struck the feet of iron and clay, smashing them to bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold, And then the wind blew them away without a trace, like chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that was knocked down the statue became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. 
Let's pray. Jesus, would you help? Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Man, Nebuchadnezzar ate some crazy pizza that night, huh? Um, I don't know what it is that you have dreamt up, but I want you to know, and we need to know as believers, that God still speaks to his people today, and he, he still uses dreams. I, I, I believe that he uses, many of you are dreamers, and you haven't pushed into this, but we are all dreamers, and God is using all of us with dreams, and it's important for you to identify the ones that are the Lord. How do you do this? I, I heard uh, someone say once, the ones that you can't shake, you should lean into harder. And uh, finding the interpretation of this is important, that you don't try to decipher it on your own. Oftentimes, uh, it's going to be personal. And personal things that are happening in your life take a village to comb through. Because it's going to comb through your hurt, your insecurities, your fears, the things that you're going on, you got to do with other people. So if, you got, if God's given you a dream, take it to people. There are people within our church, it's one of their giftings to decipher uh, dreams. And so what I want you to know is right here in the start of Daniel, what I have learned is that the Lord loves his people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We see the Lord trying to move in King Nebuchadnezzar's life. And while this is significant to me is because to many of you, he's just a storybook character. But this is a guy that was gnarly, evil, really. He murdered innocent women and children, sacked Israel and all of God's people, and destroyed God's house. This guy is a villain. And consider whatever known leader in the world that is literally evil. And the, I want you to know, no matter who you define as evil, the Lord loves that human and is trying to move in that person's life. And in this story, he's going to try to move, he's going to try to use Daniel. Now, what I want us to be aware is that I just start with like, God, give me a heart for the lost. Let me see people as you see them, not as I see them. And I want you to know there are people in your life right now that God has specifically placed there that he has a heart for and no one else knows it. And I don't want to encounter people that are good or bad or evil or whatever you, we would label them without my heart turning to recognize that that's someone that God created and he loves them. And I want my heart to break for people because it changes the way we live when we live through love. Does that make sense? I'm going to take you further into this passage of scripture. And as if we would go right off into Daniel chapter 2 verse 1, it's pretty cool because it says one night during the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams, this is the same dream, that he couldn't sleep. He called the magicians and the enchanters and the sorcerers and the astrologers, and he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamed. And as they stood before the king, they said, uh, I have had a dream that deeply troubles me. I must know what it means. Man, I want you to know that I am aware that it's happening in this room right now, but I'm aware it's happening in so many rooms that you're also entering into. People are troubled. People have deep things going on that hurts them to no end. 
And I want you to know that the Lord is part of this. And I, I wish that we can see what's going on in people's souls. The Lord is trying to save the lost. And here in this passage, we see King Nebuchadnezzar crying out for help. I'm deeply troubled, he's saying. And I don't know what deeply troubled you see in people's lives, but like car accidents, financial distraint, health loss of a loved one, marital problems. The Lord is going to use whatever it takes to get to his sons and daughters. And I know because I've experienced it. Anyone else? Like I had to go through the worst for, for the Lord to say, wake up. And here's King Nebuchadnezzar going, I can't sleep anymore. Someone's got to tell me what God is trying to say to me. I'm having these dreams. And I, I don't know how long, the, how loud the world has to scream for us to learn that God wants to use us to reach the lost. Before we go any further, I need to make sure we believe the same thing. Heaven and hell are real. And we don't just believe in heaven. We recognize that, it, that hell is real and we want to reach people before they take their last breath on earth. God is trying to wake people up. And his hope is to use the church to do such a thing. I'm going to go further into this message. He's deeply troubled. And uh, what he says here is that the, in verse 10, the astrologers, they replied to the king. So the king said, like, hey, I want you guys to get the magicians, the astrologers, whoever it takes. And I want you guys to, 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 to tell me what, what my dream meant. And they all got there and they were like, okay, cool, tell me your dream. And he's like, no, I want you to tell me what I dreamt. And, and what it meant. I want to just time out there. Uh, I'm going to go further in the story. Yeah, we'll do that. So the astrologers then, they replied to the king and they said, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. I love this. No one on earth can tell the king his dream. And no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. The king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods could tell you your dream. And they don't live here among the people. The king was furious when he heard this, and he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. I love this, because he's, he's going, well, if you can't actually help me, then what good are you? I had a, um, a friend once, uh, her name was um, Farnoosh, and Farnoosh uh, was a Muslim lady, and she was my banker. And I would go to see Farnoosh all the time to help me with my overdraft fees when I was in Bible college. And uh, we developed a great relationship. And we honestly, she would get so happy to see me. I'd bring her brownies and stuff. And brownies were cheaper than the $35 overdraft fee, you know. And so uh, me, and, me and Farnoosh became friends. And, and she would begin to tell me about her faith as, as a Muslim and, and about how God... Um, can't speak to people, that he only speaks through one prophet on earth uh, in, in a lifetime. And, uh, and I would talk to her and just say, Farnoosh, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but um, that's, that's not true. God loves us. And she said, I believe that. So, well, God, if God loves you, why would he not talk to you? Why would he not want to communicate with you? And I want you to know that the Lord is alive and he is talking right now and he is trying to talk to everyone in this room, not the overly spiritual people. He's actually doing whatever he can to get your attention. Jesus, your Lord and Savior, said, my sheep know me and they know my voice. He is trying to communicate. The problem is 
we sometimes don't slow down enough to learn the language of God. But what is more important? And so in this story, they're saying like it's not possible, but is he's either alive or he's dead. He's either alive or he's dead. Either God is real or he's not. Either he can help us or he can't. But I believe he can, and I believe he wants to, and I believe he loves us. There was a story... Um, I hear Rachel uh, shouting amen. Rachel, where you, I don't know where you're at. Yeah, um, we were at, doing spring harvest like 15 years ago or longer, I don't know. But we were at the Traveler's Inn. And one night, it was like 2.30 in the morning, and we were ministering to these spring breakers that were all drunk and wasted and whatever. And God was using me to minister to this kid. And I, my memory recalls, I be, I'm so convinced his name was Josh. And if it is not, Lord, I apologize. But this dude, Josh, was telling me that... Um, he, he, he wants to serve the Lord, but he just can't. He's got this bad drug addiction, and he can't shake it. And I was like, well, what if we pray that, like, you just get well? He said, I tried. I've been to rehab, and um, I just, I go, I keep falling back. And he says, I, I live with this guy. He's a drug dealer. And he, honestly, every time I tell him that I want to quit, he, like, I just fall back into drugs. And I was like, well, what if we just ask God right now to like to intervene. And he's like, I don't know what that's like. I'm like, here, look, I don't know what it looks like either. Try this. Why don't you walk over that direction and, and say something to God that only God could hear. And if he loves you and if he cares about you and if he's trying to move in your life, he'll hear you and he'll save you. He's like, done. And so he came back over and he said, I said something. And I'm like, cool, hey, let's have, uh, we were having hot cocoa and, uh, for everyone at 2.30 in the morning. And so he came back uh, about 6 a.m. We were having a pancake breakfast for all the spring breakers. And I'll never forget, he was, he was crying and he was a hot mess. You ever see someone that's had a long night and it's been emotional? He was that way and he was a mess. And he said, you'll never believe what happened last night. I said, uh, tell me. Remember how you told me to ask God something? I told him that if he was really God, that he would get all the drugs out of the house, whatever it took before I got home. He said, I went home last night at about four, and the police were at my house, and my roommate got arrested and took all the drugs out. He said, I'm ready to serve the Lord. And I was like, man, I never saw the guy again in my life, but I know that like when, when others say that it's not possible because like God's don't live among us, that's not what we believe. We believe that, that the Lord loves us so much that he'll do anything, including give his own life to move in our lives. And he, there's nothing that God won't do. And we've got to get that kind of passion and conviction. Otherwise, we're just going to read stories and never live them out. So they said, there's, we, they, 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 the God's don't live among us. So Daniel replied um, in verse 27, he said, uh, there are no wise men, enchanters, or magicians, fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret. There are none, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And, and he has, has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. And now, King Nebuchadnezzar, I will tell you your dream and the visions that you saw as you laid on your bed. Man, that's awesome. I want you to know that the Lord, in this last days, we believe that as things are getting darker and darker, we're not just going to be able to reach people, church, with just kindness. 
We're going to need spirit power. We're going to need to be able to operate in things that are not in our ability. And that only happens when we connect with Jesus. And so, like, when we read about, like, God doing miracle signs and wonders, this isn't a thing of the past. It is actually a thing of the present. Actually, in the last days, Joel said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. So let me just show you and make sure we understand that there are gifts that are designed for the church right now. Spirit gifts. In, in Acts chapter 12, verse 7, the Bible says that a spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can help each other. Your gift is not designed for you to feel good about you. Your gift is for me so you can help me, so you can help those out there. But each one of us has a gift. And if you don't, then he's lying. And God is not a liar. There is a gift in you that you do better than anyone else in this room. And you have to figure out how to fight to learn what that is. To one person, a spirit of ability uh, to give wise advice. To, uh, to another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. To, to the a word of knowledge. To the same spirit gives great faith to another. To someone else, one spirit gives the gift of healing. I want you to know, we're not just teaching this to the adults. We're teaching this stuff to the kids' church, right, Melissa? And we're, we're, but the kids go over there, man, and they, they know the Holy Spirit. He gives to one person the power to perform miracles and to another an ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another person is given the ability to interpret what was said. It is one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. As you would fast forward just a couple verses, the scripture says this, and I think that this is really cool. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says this, but let love be your highest goal. Can you just say that with me? But let love be your highest goal. I want to make sure we understand where our priorities are today. We want to love human beings with a crazy radical love and generosity. Amen? Let love be your highest goal, but you should desire these special abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Did you hear that? That's not coming from your pastor, so I'm not flavoring it with my personality. In fact, I, I don't prophesy very often. Um, I do prophesy. I'm not a prophet. I think that people have a mantle of something, like an identity, and then sometimes the Spirit just comes on them and you do something sometimes that are so unique. Like sometimes I'm not the cleanest person in the world, but sometimes the Spirit comes on me and I do the dishes. You know what I mean? And like my wife's like, I don't know what happened right there, but that was like an act of God. And I, I did the laundry, I folded it, I, and if God is really moving in my life, it'll find its way back to the dresser. Tracy, can I get an amen? That's the Spirit. It's, it's not who I am, but sometimes the Spirit comes on me, right? So... Anyways, I, I want you to know, I, the Lord says, uh, like, let love be your goal, but I, I want you to desire spiritual gifts, especially that you prophesy. And he would go through the whole chapter explaining why prophecy is so important, because it's an ability to speak into someone's life what God sees and wants to do. Church, I pray that you all prophesy. 
I really do. That's what Paul would say in this passage. We want more spiritual gifts because we want to change the lives of kings on this earth. Your manager at work, your leader at things, change your pastor's life for crying out loud. Like when God's moving and speaking through you, it's undeniable. And if we're going to make a difference in the end times, we have to have gifts that are far above our ability. Can I get an amen? Amen. Um, Daniel chapter 2, verse 46. Then this is, um, then the king threw himself down before Daniel and worshiped him. And he commanded his people to offer sacrifices and burn sweet incense before him. And the king said to Daniel, truly your God is the greatest of the gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries. For you have been able to reveal this secret. Then the king appointed Daniel to a high position and gave him many valuable gifts. And Daniel was made the ruler over the whole providence of Babylon, as well as the chief over all these wise men. At Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs of the providence of Babylon while Daniel remained in the king's court. And so I just want you to know that I believe that like, as you begin to move in your giftings, God will find favor on your life. Now, time out. Learning your spiritual gifts is messy. Don't do it on your own. Your gift is not for you. It is for us. And so learning anything in life is messy, like the time you tried to ride a bike or the tr- time you tried to make brownies for the first time or eggs, you know, like it's, it's going to be messy at first and it should be done with people that are godly so you can be coached. Hey, um, the way that came out, you ever had someone prophesy over to you and you wish they were coachable? I have. I remember the first time someone told me, hey, pastor, that's your wife right there. And I'm so thankful they were wrong. Holy moly, sweet Jesus. Babe, I hit the lottery. All right, cool. Um, Let me keep going here. Uh, A couple of things that I noticed about Daniel's life and the gifts that are on his life. If you're in a situation right now where you recognize you need God, let me make sure you understand. Daniel cried out with a need of desperation. Why? They literally told him that he was going to be murdered if he didn't figure out how to get this interpretation. I wish that we can get that kind of desperation on our own. But it's not until the phone rings and someone's dying that we start crying out to God. It's not until you lose your job that we start. But like church, we're going to start a prayer meeting next Sunday. And it's going to go on for 21 days. And I need us to cry out to the Lord to unify us and to pour his spirit out in our church. And you're going to help me cry out to God because I can't. Okay, right, all right, yep, just making sure. We're doing this thing together here. All right, the first thing that I noticed about Daniel that it was so significant that I realized that this is why I think God did choose him to be significant. It says in, 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 in chapter 2, verse 30, as a leader, I love when I see this in other people's lives. Verse 30 says, and it is not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secret of your dream, King Nebuchadnezzar, but because God wants you to understand what was in your heart. It's not because I'm wise that God's speaking to you through me. It's not because I have any crazy abilities. It's not because I'm gifted. No, 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 no. It's because he's gifted and he loves you. This changes everything. Humility and grace. Humility is like, this has nothing to do with me. Don't, don't, you, you can think I'm a big deal, but really, 
I just know the guy who's a big deal. And he's making me a big deal because I'm making him get all the glory and all the honor. Now, I love that he recognized the grace that was on his life. Like this had nothing to do with him. There are many more people in this room today that are smarter or better communicators. I don't know why God chose me to do this. But today he asked me to speak a message about the spirit power that needs to be in our life in order to make a difference in the people who God placed in our life right now that are having a very difficult time. And he wants to put his spirit on you to prophesy, to be kind, to use wisdom, and all the things that can be done by the spirit's giving. Does this make sense? First thing I think that made Daniel significant was, was the way that he operated with grace. The second was the crazy patience that he had. Watch this. When he was about to get like told, uh, he, the, 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 the king, uh, they, they came to him in verse 14, and they said, like, we're going to murder you now. And I just love how he responds. When, er, when Ariach, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill them, Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. He had an ability, discretion, sorry. Thank you, Jesus. Speaking in tongues today. Um, He had an ability to slow things down, not create any more tension in the room. When emotions are high or you're in a situation, use wisdom and tact. Slow things down and don't just, don't just go crazy and, and keep speaking. Try to get more information. Try to slow down. Try to slow down. Try to slow down. He just handled things with patience. Some people can just throw gas on a fire. Learn. Use wisdom. Use patience. If Daniel did it, it, all through this book, they would say that he was a man of great wisdom, of great wisdom, of great wisdom, of great wisdom. Slow down. I think many people would have just loved to just try to try to spit out an answer of what the dream was, and Daniel asked for a timeout, and he spoke with wisdom. Um, the last thing is, uh, no, the two more things that I want to show you before we go to communion is this. Then Daniel went home and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, what had happened. He urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret. So they would not be executed with the other wise men of Babylon. I love that little nugget part. He, Daniel realized he was in over his head. It's good for you to know when you're in over your head. And I want you to know that the scripture designed us in such a way that we would be there for each other. And it's important for you to, to know when now is the time I've got to call someone and reach out and ask for help. I've got to reach out to someone and ask for help. I've got to reach out to someone and ask for help. Y'all need to know several things. Your pastor right now, he's in over his head. Several things. One, we're building a church down there, and and I literally cannot do most of the things that need to be done over there. I'm going to need some people to help me. We need some carpet torn out again here. (laughs) Some of y'all did it the first time. (laughs) Hey, you don't want me over there doing it all by myself. Two, financially, I cannot do that. But three, if we had the finances and we could restore it, no one wants to come to the Tim Broughton Church. But what they do want to come to is a community that loves each other and cares for one another and has each other's back. 
Like when you have a sick one, a, a loved one, and, and there's meals coming, and they're helping each other, and a, pr- a church that knows how to pr- cry out to God together. And so next week, I'm asking you, the greatest power that we have as a church is not our financial abilities or any gifts of God. It's our ability to cry out to him. We're doing that starting next week, and so I need you guys to know that we take prayer real seriously. Since day one, when we started our church, ask Miss Tracy, we used to get together at 6 a.m. at my apartment and pray. Tracy, remember that? Terrible. She's like, oh, man, can someone else be an elder next time? (laughs) Nope. Come on. We believe in prayer, and we think that this is the power of our church, and we together will cry out to God. And so I love that here in this passage, he knew that he didn't have what it takes, and he needed each other. I need you, and you're going to need me, and we're going to need each other. Not just for prayer, not just for a building, not for just any of these other things that's going on, but just for family to grow in wisdom, to grow in love, to grow in scripture. Can I get an amen? Do you know who God has put in your life to help you grow? That's important, man. In every season of my life, yeah, okay. The last thing is prayer. So in this passage, Daniel cries out to the Lord. And uh, it's right before he goes and ministers to the king. And in this time, he just prays this prayer. And so I'm going to pray this prayer, and then I'm going to have the the people, when we're done, pass out the elements, and we'll take communion together. Rich. Can you come and play uh, Nothing But the Blood? It's just a, it's a good one, and I, uh, you like that one, I think. <laughs> nope, I don't like that song, dude. You're fired. Just kidding. All right. Uh, uh, he said this. This was his prayer. Listen to this, church. Praise the name of God forever and ever. What I love is this is a 4,000-year-old prayer, man. And my, I hope my prayer doesn't, doesn't, doesn't sound any different. Praise the name of God forever and ever. For he has all wisdom and power. You, Lord, we praise your name because you, you are wisdom. You are power, and we seek you, God. You control the course of the world events. Nothing happens without your doing, without your willing. You remove kings, pastors, leaders, managers, owners, and you set up other kings. You give wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. You reveal the deep and mysterious things and you know what lies in hidden darkness, though we are surrounded by light. I thank you, Lord, and I praise you, the God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. And you have told me what we asked you for and revealed to us what the king really needs. Thank you, God, that you have given us your spirit. You have given us what this world needs. There are people in our life, there are people in this room right now that need what you have blessed us with. And I thank you, God, that you you are our promise. You are our promise. You are our deliverer. You are our hope. You are our redeemer. Thank you that you're here. Would you guys mind passing out the elements? Hey, guys, I just want to take a couple minutes before we take communion today and make sure you understand a couple of things. One, we love all the littles that are here. Guys, honestly, I, we think of you as the leaders. We pray for you all the time, and we're just so thankful that you guys are here worshiping with us today. You're, you're pretty rad. 
Hey, if you're here today, before we take communion and you're not right with the Lord, or there's someone in your heart that you have unforgiveness or resentment to, you need to know that the scripture is clear that you shouldn't take communion until your heart is right. It's a big deal. Today, you have the opportunity to forgive and to ask for forgiveness. Thank you, Brandy. And um, that's all done by the blood of Jesus that he'll wash us and cleanse us. Hey, if you're not right with the Lord, I don't know what God is doing in your life right now, but I, I know one thing. I know that he's drawing you and I to be right with him and to live for him. He's calling us out of our own lifestyle and into his. Would you do me a favor? Um, everyone's watching right now and everyone's looking around, but you're going to say, Pastor Tim, I... I need God to forgive me or to help me forgive someone else or to move in my life. If that's you, can you just raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. God bless 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 you. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us. You are good, and we believe you are the hope of the nations. You're the hope for our businesses. You're the hope for our families. You're the hope for our children the hope for marriages. You're the hope for health. You are the creator of life and everything holds together in you, Lord. Father, I thank you that you are here in this room today. You live here among us and you can do anything. Nothing is impossible for you, God. I just turn to you right now in worship. I turn to you in praise And I thank you for your love for us, God. I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for not abandoning us. I thank you for your goodness. And I thank you for your power on our lives to make a difference for those that are lost, hurting, needing breakthrough. All of this is possible, not because of us, not because of our church, not because of of our righteousness but because you paid a price for us, because you shed your blood. It is the greatest power on heaven and earth. It draws a line in the sand and tells the enemy where he cannot go. The power of the blood of Jesus is the greatest prayer I've ever learned. I just wanted to sing about it for a moment. If you know the song, would you worship with me?
before we say thank you, I just want to remind you that Jesus knew that he was going to be crucified. He knew that he was going to be broken. He said to his disciples on the night before he was betrayed, this is my body. It's a symbol because it's going to be broken for you. Father, I thank you that your brokenness reveals your great love for me, your great faithfulness and strategy to win my heart. Sorry for my pride, for my ignorance, for my rebellion. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. I don't deserve you. The body of Christ, church, would you break and would you partake? scripture says after dinner he took the cup and he lifted it and he gave thanks and he said this is a new covenant in my blood which should be poured out for you I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus would you partake in closing we have some special visitors with us today um, some some cute little ones in here and um, I just I just want to say a blessing over them so if your loved ones are near you maybe you can hold their hand and God I just thank you for the gifts that are here teach us how to honor you as a family but we bless them today in Jesus name And I pray that your Holy Spirit would live in them in a powerful way. I pray that they would have God experiences like no one else in this world, God, that you would put your word in their hearts, that they would know your truth, that they would know your love, that they would know your power. There's a world that needs them, God, and I pray for boldness confidence in you. We pray that you protect them from the dark things of this world, that nothing would rob them of of the pure, the God-given purity and the God-given gift that's on their life. Lord, continue to pour your spirit out in their lives. We thank you for Pastor Melissa and all of the kids workers, all of them, even those that are in the back room right now in nursery that, that are loving on those kids. I pray, God, that you would continue to give them vision for these kids, opportunities and experiences. We want these kids to know you, to hear your voice. We thank you for what you're doing here in our church. We thank you for those that will be baptized today. God, pour your spirit out. And I pray over everyone in this room as we close today that we would go in the power of God that the gifts of God would rise up inside of us, that we would know how to love the lost, that we would hear their broken needs and their desires, and you'd put your word in our heart in a way that fills us with boldness to love them. I thank you for our church. I thank you that you're moving. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all God's people said. Hey, church, I love you. Have a good day. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. 
Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.